Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me in the freaking studio is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Where am I? You're like three feet from me. Awesome. Yeah, it's badass, dude. You're visiting. So that's what that smell is? (laughs) This is my podcasting studio? (laughs) Your man cave. Exactly. It's the corner of my house. But anyway, you're here, and we're enjoying a frosty beverage together in the same freaking room, and it's exciting as hell. And what are you drinking, dude? Tonight, you have uh, offered I've, me... I've made the selection for you. You did make the selection for me. I am drinking Goose Island Beer Company's 312 Urban Pale Ale. You feeling gangster? I'm feeling so gangster. <laughs> I'm drinking it from the, the hood of Al Capone, yo. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm drinking, I'm just going to gloss over that. I am drinking Thunderstruck, uh, yeah, Thunderstruck <laughs> IPA from Stone Brewing Company. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's their 19th, 19th anniversary. Um, the bottle's cool and it's hoppy as hell and it's 8.7. So we're planning on not a super long show, but it might get sloppy. Dude, mine's only 5.4. There's no need to measure. Well, we're, we're guys. We always measure. Maybe not. Ugh, it's getting awkward. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right, so before we get into our contact info, why not? We don't really need, really need to know why you're here, but you're visiting, and this is a, this is exciting, dude. We've never this is only the second time we podcasted together, so cheers. First time in studio because mm-hmm. our others have been on location at Comic Con. Yeah, that one was on the street. Yeah, I'm from the streets, yo. Yeah, we have already established that. So. uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to have you here, buddy. Uh, I know it's really far from where you live, but um, in all honesty, it's nice to have you in town. Get to show you all, you know, of tiny ass Fort Bragg. But it's it's you know it's it's been nice, you know, a couple nights on the couch, true. But you know, it's been nice to see my nieces and yeah. and see uh see this the sock shop and and I love the weather. The weather's ideal. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and it's like sixty degrees. Yep. All right. Well. We've established that we're together in the same room, so let's move on. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Swotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Give us some positive feedback. We haven't gotten any in a while, so we need to be loved. We need to be told that we're loved via ratings and comments we need our ego stroked <laughs> oh this is inappropriate okay so inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate all right so we have the timestamps in the show notes all our sections will be kind of short this week we just wanted to get something together Swotor news is a little lacking so we will move t- towards our live stream which is tomorrow but we'll talk about that so give us feedback on twitter leave us comments let us know how we can improve the show thanks to our patrons Segway. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. Become a patron, give a buck or two an episode, help us get toward our milestone goals. And if you want to be awesome, like super awesome, 10 bucks an episode times four will get you like epic socks and beer from 
My wife's shop, Pippi's Long Stockings, and beer selected by me. Your your wife's shop sells beer? No, the beer is selected by me. I just said that. Put your phone away. Moving on. Uh, so we're over halfway <laughs> towards our goal. So thanks to all our patient, patrons. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and big news, actually. We just got a tweet yesterday from one of our winners that Marshall has successfully internationally shipped a uh, one of our prize packages. It happened. I put something in the mail, and a smooth, what, three weeks later, it got there. Achievement unlocked. Indeed. Also, we have audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Get a 30-day free trial using our link. It's all over our webpage, and you can get it in the show notes as well. And I'm going to suggest Felicia Day's book again. I'm not done with it yet, but if you want to hear Felicia Day tell you a story about her life, if you're a Felicia Day fan, this is this is the pick. And, I mean, that's just going to be the pick. So get the book. It's only like six hours. It's amazing. And she reads it, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and actually, I haven't looked into this, but I did get an email from Marvel Entertainment yesterday, and they're making a big push on audiobooks, evidently, of, uh, hmm. of the novelizations of Thor, Iron Man, and Avengers. Really? Yes. Yeah, so that's definitely something to look into. So let's get into Star Wars The Old Republic, my friend. Ready? Yes. You want to fight? I'm ready. I will share all of this with you, if you will only kneel. News. Star Wars The Old Republic news. Um, remember, just a reminder, if you missed our last week's episode, actually it would be two episodes back because SWOTOR was in episode 26, 27 was the back half of that. Uh, we have moved guilds. And servers. <laughs> so if you were uh, going to hang out with us on the Shadowlands, we would love to hang out with you now on the Harbinger. We have joined forces with uh, Unholy Alliance and Wookiee Mistake. And so find us. Damn it. I thought we were going to try to get through a podcast without mentioning Jesse. You, <sighs> you ruined it. We, were, we weren't going to mention you. And now we've mentioned you twice, Jesse. You three times. Moving on. Uh, so we can game. What'd you do? Um, no, yeah. actually, in-game, you know, I showed up a couple days ago, and so we decided to try to two-man an operation, and, uh... Poor choice. <laughs> yeah, what did, what did we call it? Uh, the Caraga's debacle? Caraga debacle, yes. The Caraga debacle. We, we knew it wasn't really possible, but we thought it'd be fun to at least see the first boss. Yeah, so we beat the first boss, and Indeed. then we ended up getting into the room with the two bosses, where, mm. you know, one heals, one attacks, and then the stupid carbonizing droid comes in. Yeah, and I was like... Five beers deep. I, I, there was no way that was going to happen. Yeah, it was really funny because we were actually in the same room sitting side by side at desks and we were still having really poor communications <laughs> because I got carbonated or car- carbonated, carbonated, carbonized. Carbonized. And, uh, um, the funny thing is it took me about a minute and a half to realize that none of my things were going. And then about another five minutes past that for me to communicate to Marshall. <laughs> and then the next thing I knew, I was swiped by the, the, uh, Somewhere and I, yeah, no, I just, it was, it was. Well, and then you ended up in the lava or something. That was against the Rancor earlier. Oh, the Rancor, yeah, yeah, that was. So that's the Kraga debacle. We are not ops players. There, we were playing really late. So there weren't, there wasn't anybody to help us. We were just checking it out. And so we are going to try to get, did we name it? We named it unofficially on the show. Yeah, we did. It is, uh, we've decided we're going to try to do a really, Really, really newbie ops mm. team with mm-hmm. uh, absolutely no rating potential. Yeah. And uh, we've titled it, What's an Ops Group? Or WOG. WOG. So, uh, if you want to join WOG, 
There's a couple folks that were actually on the Shadowlands with us that were interested in joining a newbie ops group. If you want to join WOG, I'm going to work with um, our guild. I'm not going to say her name again. Our <laughs> guild folks and see if we can get a little group going with some chat and have some fun and drink some beers. Yeah, so. the most important two aspects of the uh, of this uh, WOG, WOG is that, uh, one, uh, you must be imbibing some yeah. alcohol or at least in, in, in get involved in the mm-hmm. – the, uh, Precocious nature of that endeavor, endeavor. Yeah. And, uh, and second. It can be non-alcoholic, but. It can be non-alcoholic, but. You know, caffeine helps. Yeah. The, the second thing would be that it is, uh, very important to realize that you will not be yelled at for poor mechanics. No. <laughs> Cause it'll probably be us. And it'll probably be encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a good laugh. All right. So that said, let's move into the news. We have a couple things. I'm basically just going to say there really wasn't a whole lot of news. There's like two or three items I'm going to go through. And then um, the live stream is tomorrow. Um, and the only reason we didn't wait, we were going to wait till tomorrow, but Will's leaving tomorrow, so we probably won't. We'll do a reaction thing either the next time we record or later in the week. Uh, but honestly, we just wanted to get something, get behind the mic while, we, while we're both here, and it happens to be the day before the live stream. So there's a little bit of news, and then we'll talk about what we know about the live stream, and then we'll call it a day and come back in a couple days. So that's the plan. I think it's a good plan. All right, so first thing, right after we recorded, or the next day we recorded last time, the next day after we recorded last time. That was a really oddly constructed <sighs> sentence. It was for an English teacher. It's been a long day. Um, so season six, Predacious Reward teaser blog was announced the day after we recorded. There it is. And there's some pretty cool stuff in here, dude. There is. Actually, the, my favorite thing that I saw was actually the title you earn uh, by winning it all, and that is uh, the uh, Favor of the Scorekeeper. Or what is favored it? by the scorekeeper? Favored by the scorekeeper, yeah. and I know they're just ripping off Hunger Games there, but yeah, you know, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know, and so you can check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. It's all pretty standard. Uh, there's a battle flag which I thought was interesting that was added, and let's see if I can find the little spiel about the battle flag. So it says uh, there's a brand new exclusive item, the battle flag of recognition, that can be used to place a hollow flag over a fallen enemy in either appreciation of the honorable fight or recognition of the user's supreme skill. The flag can be earned in either a bronze, silver, or gold version, but all are a great way, great way to stand out on the battlefield. Um, you know what I'm, you know what this reminds me of? On Rishi, where you've got a planet to attack the crime groups on Rishi? No, this reminds me of Halo and giving someone yet another way to teabag or mock or, and that was a big deal back in the day, my Halo 2 days, back in the day when I used to play shooters. Did um, you have to walk uphill both ways to get to the gaming console? Indeed. And once you beat somebody, then you would crouch over and over on their faces. Oh, cause it's teabagging. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, this is what this reminds me of. I think it'll be interesting. People will find ways to do it. And I think it's, I think you can only do it in PvP. So, We'll see. I think it'll be fun. I'll never get it because I'll never do any ranked, but it is what it is. It definitely is what it is, or else it wouldn't be what it is because it isn't what it was. That was deep, bro. (laughs) Wow. I'm sorry. I just blacked out for a second. Did I say something? (laughs) No, you were perfectly silent, and I actually stopped and walked away. Awesome. So, uh, next thing, Reshade Tutorial 1.0, How to Install. That's the name of the, um, that's the name of the thread. 
And basically Eric came out and I didn't know really what was happening. This actually came out today, I believe, or yesterday. It says, I'm closing this thread and have removed the copy of the original post. I want to reiterate that any third party software used to con- in conjunction with SWOTOR is against our rules of conduct. I realize this thread is likely due to the quote from the a PM sent to the user. And so really guys, again, uh, you can't do stuff like this and you can do it. But don't post on the official forum. Seriously, if you want to talk about mining, mining is fine. You know, it's not right. for everybody. And, then you know, it's not meant to be. But seriously, just go to Reddit. Right. And this is not, you know, data mining, but it is another piece of software that is against the rules of contact, which they don't want you to do. So right. So keep it off the official forums. Next. Man, we're in, that was very luxury. That was my teachery nature coming out right it there. was dude and i actually watched marshall teach a little bit today yeah and uh yeah i have to say i'm <laughs> a little bit scared for the future of humanity no i'm just <laughs> because they're all they're special and i will mold them in my likeness <laughs> yeah and a carbonate sort of framework <laughs> Can I carbonate them carbonate Ooh, make them busy carbonate them yeah now we're talking about boiling children kind of it's getting weird all right moving on no top 10 rewards for last conquest event so this was, this came up last week. Uh, there's an update, quick update on this issue. The plan right now is that the team is working to deliver, de- to deliver personal rewards, guild rewards, and achievements to appropriate people in game update 3.3.2. So I'll let you know if any, anything changes, but it's the plan as of right now. So if you didn't get re- your reward, uh, top 10 reward for the last conquest event, they're still working on it. Look for it in the next update. And our last thing, this is it, really, is just the live stream. So this is what, on August 26th, which is tomorrow, at 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, they're going to be streaming it on Twitch, and I'm not going to be able to tune into it live, unfortunately, I have something going on, but I will definitely tune into it later, Will, Will as well. Will, Will as well. See what I did that there? is true. Nice. I actually I will be uh, in the process of driving home, I'm thinking, so... Mm-hmm. Um, if I am, then I'll probably be listening to it while I drive. If not, then I will be wherever I am watching it. Yeah, I'll be at a family event, so me listening to it is not off the table. Yeah, because you always have your earbud in. I do. So moving on, moving on, moving in. So let's see, who's going to be there? Uh, Bruce McLean, Michael Backus, uh, Ben Scott, and Eric Musco. Uh, they'll be showing you gameplay from parts of Chapter 3. Sorry, seriously, to interject here, I would love to see what Musco's uh, you know, frequent flyer miles are. Yeah, dude, he's probably... It's probably pretty high. I know, right? Should ask him next time we see him. Give us something to ask him besides legacy data crowns. I gotta find something to replace that. Yeah, stackable storage. That's the new one. (laughs) The new legacy data data crowns are stackable storage. Alright, so the team, so in or, in addition to the gameplay from parts of chapter three, the team will answer questions from chat throughout the stream. A shareable link for the 2015 PAX Prime Cantina Tour Pack, which includes the PAX exclusive Printaway Aggregate. So, Pax Prime. Oh, so this will be a new one. So the, yeah, we didn't. The most recent one we've gotten was the uh, the Gamescom one from uh, Germany. Right. And so they'll answer questions throughout the stream. So before we kind of get farther in this, they're so bad at that. Like I've tuned into the live stream, and there's so many people in there, and the questions are coming so fast. They rarely are able to answer many questions. So there's a couple. We'll kind of get to some other stuff in a minute, but. Don't get your hopes up and stop asking those same questions over and over and keep it relevant to what they're trying to show you. They're not going to tell you everything and we'll get to more in a minute, but don't be that guy that's in the chat that is so mad that you get kicked out because you asked the question a thousand times, right? Just face it. There's no new arenas anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
<clears throat> so the first reveal of a familiar face you will see in the Knights of the Fallen Empire will also be shown. I'm um, not sure what that means yet, but um, there's, we could speculate, of course. I am guessing it's going to be the main reveal of Lana Benico. Yeah, but we've seen her in the trailer. The only one we haven't seen is Theron Sean. That, that was going to be my guess. Yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, a familiar face, so it's either going to be that or maybe Nico Okar. That's, yeah, good that's, call. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So, we will be take One more time. We will be talking some nitty-gritty details about how companions companions will work in coffee both current and future so folks that were really chomping at the bit trying to get their info about uh about companions hopefully they're going to answer some of the questions but i mean again they're only going to tell us what they want to tell us you know one question that actually i'm surprised i mean to be perfectly honest i don't really read the forums all that much but i'm surprised i haven't heard come up is this would be the perfect time for them to finally introduce uh same-sex romances with your companions I think, yeah. Because they're obviously redesigning the structure of it. So I think it just makes sense. And and if they were ever going to do it, this would be the time. Yeah. If they're going to rework the whole thing. So we'll see. Maybe they'll have something cool. Something that, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. All right. So <laughs> I was going to say something and I got over it. So looking forward to seeing you all there. As I mentioned before, we'll post a recap here on the forums after the stream and some of the points we've discussed. So a little later in the day, that was Eric Musco, of course. A little later in the day, they said, uh, just to address some questions in the thread, because the thread kept going, people were asking. Um, they were concerned about a few things. One of the things they were concerned about was spoilers. So Eric says, we ourselves are very cautious around this. Uh, what we are, what you are going to see on the stream are parts of chapter three. If you've read the press coverage from E3 or Gamescom, we're going to be showing you that demo. So we've already heard basically what's going to be kind of going on. I think it's going to be the frozen and carbonite thing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this will be the first time anyone in the public will actually see it, but it will follow along what has been covered in the press. Uh, they'll be playing the demo in the first half-ish of the stream. So I'm guessing they're going to, so they're going to try to play it is what they do. They'll play it and then they'll try to take questions. Right. Uh, timing. So two concerns about the timing of the stream, especially relative to Europe. For the most part, our streams are timed so that people in the most regions will be available to watch them. So I think people in Europe are upset because this is not ideal for them. Um, I realize this stream is not convenient for Europe. However, it is very intentional that the timing of the stream is aimed directly at people on the West Coast, since this information, etc., would have originally come out of PAX Prime Cantina, which would have actually happened even later that night. So, you know, it is what it is, guys. Um, you can always catch it later. This is the same reason that our stream is on Wednesday, so that anyone who's going to attend PAX can, PAX can still watch the stream, as many of them will be traveling at or to the con on Thursday. So that's pretty cool. Right. And of course, if you're unable to watch the stream, they said they'll be posting the synopsis in the forums and answering follow-up questions and that kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. Anything you want to say about this? Because there's one more thing I want to cover. No. Dynamite drop in, buddy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, see, I brought that back. All right. So, uh, so a poster on on the forum post by Excise uh, asked a series of questions. Not asked a bunch of questions. Posed a bunch of things that we should expect. Um, about companions, right? Because there's some speculation. So this person put up 11 things, um, and I'm curious to see what you think about these. I don't know if you've seen these yet. I have not. So 11, 11 things um, that we should expect from the companion questions. So number one, how old, how all the old companions returning in some fashion, how old companions returning as potential companions, uh, how all old companions staying with the same faction, um, 
How any old companions having their VAs recast, so voice actors, right? Right. Um, are old companion romances available to continue? Because that's one of the things out there right now is people are kind of worried that, like, I know I haven't. I've only maxed out my companions on a couple of tunes. So the worry is, will I be able to continue those? Do I need to get that affection up now? Will I be able to continue to romance that character? That kind of thing. So. See, what I'm kind of curious about there is, I mean, that's a question for people even that have maxed it out because I've maxed out every companion on every class except for, uh, Treek and, and HK, uh, 51 so far. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've done the, the, the what, the 40 main companions. Jesus. I know. God, now I think about it, it's a complete waste of time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it might be after coffee. <laughs> exactly. So, but in, in one of my uh, choices, I decided to have, may, I mean, spoiler alert here. <laughs> I mean, spoilers. Four-year-old four year old spoilers. Yeah, four-year-old spoilers. But, you know, I had Mako and, and my bounty hunter, uh, Mary, yeah. right? Well, if there's an option that Mako is somehow available to be a slicer for someone else, is she still married to my bounty hunter or is she, you know. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, so we have a lot of unanswered questions, but these are... So, a few more of them. Let's see. So, are any old companions available to be romance that couldn't be four? Which I think is kind of cool. Like, there were some that you didn't have the option to do, and it might be kind of cool to do that. I wouldn't mind... Going back to what you were saying about same sex, that's an option in this in the context of this question. But also, what about, um, you know, what if I want to romance Scorpio? Oh, I know, right? I mean... Which would make sense if you were a cyborg. That's what I'm saying. That's just all it is for RPs right there. That uh, just makes sense. All right. So, are the old and new companions available to be recruited class dependent? So, can you recruit other companions from other classes? So, we'll see. That's been speculated quite a bit as well. What happens to Treek and HK51? That's what I'm kind of concerned about. Will they just still be hanging around? I don't want to lose my Treek. And I love HK51 on my, on yeah, my that, Sin Tank. So. That, I think, is the most important of these questions so far because... With the other ones, they're part of your story, right? They're already included. With Treek and HK, you either had to drop a million credits on the Treek contract or buy it off of the, the GTN. Right. Or with HK, you had to go through that and spend the credits, obviously, to go through the mission to get the HK-51 parts. Right. So you've actually got in-game currency in, in the – you've got skin in the game. Yeah. What if – now I'm wondering how they're going to do Nico Okar because I imagined it's sort of like Treek and HK. He would have a storyline and then you could either buy him to unlock him for your other folks or whatever. But if it's story dependent, these, t- these two might still be oddballs. So I'm wondering what would happen. So, you know, I think it just might be that HK and Treek became the template for what companions are going to be going on. Mm. And Nico Okar is the first of the new breed where they're, it's the same companion for everybody. And they have their own independent storyline that you can follow, hmm. um, which just completely makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, so will companions have their combat roles expanded? I'm hoping for this. I would like to use any companion, that I, just a companion I like. And this is something that kind of bugged me about leveling cer- you know, certain classes. Like, it was fine on the bounty hunter if you, you, know, if you needed a healer. You had Mako right up front. But... I really wasn't drawn to any of the other ones. I would have loved to have, um, what's the Jawa's name? Blink, Blink, Blizz. Blizz. I would love to have Blizz with me because I like the Jawa, but I don't need a tank. My guy was a tank. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that would be cool to have it kind of like Treek to where he can DPS or, or tank or heal or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And have it. And with the mastery stat, that makes a lot of sense because 
you're not going to have to worry about because tree could take aim or cutting, right? But we won't have to worry about that at all when mastery comes in. So anyway, uh, what else do we have? So will companions gain new conversation quests, which I would, I'd like to see. Yeah, I really enjoyed those. Especially when they cross. Oh, I haven't with, done them all. <laughs> especially when they cross with other companions. Right. And I thought that was kind of cool. So will companions gain new more than conversation quests? And what this means is there, there was always one companion, right? That you would, as you're leveling up, would actually send you on a quest or something. Yeah. Which I would think would be really Which cool. was usually your first one, but mm-hmm. sometimes your second one, like with Mako, you found out about her twins or her clones sister, or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was clones. That's right. With, uh, Kaizen Fess, you had to Spoilers. go. Yeah, sorry. With Kaizen Fess, <laughs> you had to go and find his father's bones or whatever it was right. on Tatooine. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping for more of that, but that sounds like a lot more work going forward but again if they brought the voice actors back they're wrapping into the story of the you know this coffee story and if it's all about story kind of does make sense that they might expand on some of the companions already have so i'm down all right and the cool part about this is after this poster posted this poster posted it um eric said yeah you're on the right track we'll be take we'll be talking about quite a few of these plus a few other details you don't have listed here, which is kind of neat. So it is worth noting that if a question starts dipping into spoiler territory, we probably won't answer it, or if we do, it'll be in a general sense. So that makes sense. I'm curious what... that That seems like a pretty comprehensive list of questions. I'm wondering what... uh, what else might happen? That's kind of nifty. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point where we're, what, like 50 days out? So yeah, we're not very far from Yeah, it. less than 50 even, possibly. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, it's, we don't have that much long to wait. No. And I'm, I'm patient. I have a lot to do. So, no plans to talk crafting in this live stream. This was later that same day. And this is something people are also upset about because they want to know what to do with their mats. They want to know what they need to max out. What, and they start, you know, trying to play the market. Should they buy up some stuff? So no plans to talk about crafting in this live stream, but do know that it is on the list of info you will be getting in the next few weeks. Insert standard disclaimer of subject to change. So, <laughs> you know, it, well, again, it sucks got, because I've got we want to stacks and stacks and stacks yeah. and mats filling up my storage, but I've liked it because I was not necessarily that I'm a crafting fiend where I just like to make, be able to craft one of everything, which I do because right. I'm a completist, but it's more that, you know, sometimes there's things you have to make. Yeah. To, to go on, especially when stuff, you know, you have to, to create the stuff for, for, um, augments. Yeah. Plus the, uh, the stuff for, uh, conquest. Yeah. And I honestly, dude, I like crafting. I haven't crafted in a while. Um, it's one of those things you have to log in daily for long periods of time to kind of keep up with. I like playing the market. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'd like to get back to this soon. So we'll see how it goes, but we don't know. We have no idea what crafting is going to be. And actually the miners do, and I'm not looking into mining. So I'm going to assume that that's the way it is. All right. So that's it for Sotor this week, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the live stream tomorrow. Like I said, I'm going to try to listen um, as I do family style things. And hopefully we'll be able to get behind the mic again in a couple of days and give our reactions. Otherwise we'll just push it to next week. But I know a lot of folks are waiting for the live stream to record. I know teeny cast said they were going to do that. They usually they'll bump in their time back and, you know, we'll see what other people think, but I, I always like to record before I hear what other people think. So yeah, I mean, my ability to listen to the live or watch the live stream and and record uh, is all dependent on what happens tomorrow morning. So mm-hmm. we shall see. Cool, man. All right, so let's get into Star Wars, right? Right. Pew 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 pew. pew. Wow, I wonder if people get tired of that. I haven't got an email that says, "Dude, if you pew again, I'm I'm not tuning in." 
Pew pew pew. Okay. Pew pew pew. Okay, that's that's a good pull, dude. What's that flashing? The listener's a flicker shield. Both tap yourselves in. I'm gonna make a jump to light speed. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, <laughs> Star Wars. So here's what we're gonna do this week. The only real, we covered ton of Star Wars last week, obviously with D23, Star Wars Land, all that. We covered comics last week. We're just going to cover comics this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break for about 15 minutes and we're going to read Star Wars number eight and can number five. We've never been able to read and then react. So I just picked mine up in my local shop today. Will actually got to see my local shop, which was right. Pretty cool. It was cool. cool. Met Chris, his uh, little crack dealer. And- yeah, my crack dealer and my, <laughs> you know, my folder full of crack and bought my comics and walked out. And, um, so we're going to do this. And so we'll be back in a second. All right, dude, we're back. We, well, if you're listening to this, we've been gone like two seconds. But we've just read Star Wars number eight and Kanan number five. What do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Kanan. All right. Impressions? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really liked how, spoilers, how. By the way, there'll be spoilers throughout this. Yes. How, um, at the end, it tied it into Rebels completely. So that was great. Do you think they're going to go back to him being a kid, though? Because that's what I was wondering, how long they're going to stay with him being a kid. Because this wrapped up to, um, this wrapped it right up to Rebels, like you said, at the end here. And he said, he said, that, you know, this was all triggered because Hera asked him if he'd ever been to uh, Kaler before. And he said, no, Kanan Jarrus has never been to Kaler, ever. And then, on the next thing that says next issue... It's him and the crew. It's the whole crew. I think if anything, it's I think it's going to start being. Oh, but I didn't notice though. It's him and the crew, and in the reflection of the floor, it's yeah. him as a kid. I okay. think it's going to be the the main storyline is going to be focused on the crew now, and you're going to get flashbacks that are pertinent to current continuity. Well, in this, I hope you're right because I would actually like to get more than just Kanan. I would like to get more of the rest of the crew and. You know, we're going to get more Rebels, of course, but like I said, I'm I'm really intrigued by some of the storylines, like with Sabine and stuff like that, which we don't we don't know too, too much about her yet. We get a little bit of Hera. Yeah, I think, I think it just makes Dawn, sense. I mean, sorry, I think it just makes sense that you're going to be able to have an, an issue on each of the meetings, on mm-hmm. how each person joined the crew. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, so what was, uh, so basically what happened in this one is he escapes, he decides, it's the moment he kind of decides to go on his own. Um, I, I enjoyed the conflict between the uncertainty with the clone troopers. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was really cool. And I thought the moment that Kanan became his own man, that he stopped being Caleb Doom and became officially Kanan Jars was the moment when he decided to put his faith in himself and the force. And he uses the force push to push the clone troopers back and unlocks the, the, the airlock and he, totally goes out into space without any protection, knowing you get picked up by uh, uh, the the two rogues. Right, and he kind of says, you know, I'm putting my face in the for- faith in the force, and I think letting himself unprotected going to the going out of the airlock was that. Yeah. Um, and I, I I found myself getting a little sad. I like the connection between him and um, what's the guy's name? The smuggler. Yeah, the smuggler, and. I liked it, and I liked how happy he was that he was alive after he picked him up in the airlock. I liked the teamwork at the end, but honestly, 
he had to have this moment where, you know, stop calling me kid, stop calling me kid, you know. Yeah, well, he already started saying stop calling me kid in the last issue. But what I really like. He started lashing out this time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what I really liked about this, uh, the, the personality of, of, uh, Kanan is once he was saved by him, he was very thankful, but he took control of the situation. He's like, this is the, what we're going to do. We're going to get it done this way. You know, he, every decision was his and not letting it up to chance. And the smuggler even mockingly calls him, you know, general doom, you know, at some point, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I enjoyed this one. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where it goes from here. I think I would, again, I'd like to see more of the crew. Um, it was, you know, there was action. There was, there was definitely a turning point with the character. So, I mean, I enjoy this. I don't know what else yeah, to really th- say about it. Well, one thing I noticed is, um, and I, and honestly, I, I can't remember if it's this way in each issue. If you remember, what's the name of the title of the, the run? It's called Kanan the Last Padawan. The last Padawan. And at the very last page, it says Kanan the Beginning. The Beginning. So, so I think this is just, a, it's no longer the, story of him being a Padawan. It's now the story of him at the beginning of being Kanan mm-hmm. and his growth into being part of Rebels. No, I like that idea. I'm wondering... And it would make sense for that to transition into a standalone series maybe called Rebels that introduces the Rebels team really much more deeply. And it says here a secret history from of Kanan from Star Wars Rebels. So are, they're going to keep calling it the last Padawan, you think? I don't know. I, I actually think it would be interesting if they changed the title to Kanan in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Which isn't unheard of in, in comics continuities. No. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, much better than the last one. Um, I think the last one was probably the weakest so far. I think we kind of talked about that. Yeah, I thought this one was very well written. Again, I did like the interplay between the, the two clone troopers. Mm-hmm. I liked it the fact that the one did finally turn over and decide, like, this is, you know, I'm making it right. True, but if you, if you know the panel where... Um, Cannon is saying, no, we should do a coordinated attack. He's holding his hand out against the window. I think he might have been. Oh, you think so? Force persuading about that. Force persuading the, the one clone trooper. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, yeah, I was wondering about that. I thought it was just kind of a weird way they drew that panel because of, you know, space fight, but I think you might be right. Yeah. Here. Well, and also it might not necessarily be a force persuade because obviously the, the emperor with, with order 66, has invoked some sort of like force cloud uh, oh, over for sure. And so maybe he maybe he was just kind of pulling the crowd cloud away for the clone trooper to make his own decision and not necessarily influence him. And whether or not he's actually doing a force persuade, he kind of plants the seed on the on the ship too. He kind of says, "Look, you know, you were betrayed. You loved Master Balava. and you worshipped him. You worshipped her, her, and then her, and then that clone trooper turns around and tells the other one, "Hey, you know, she was." our hero. This was mm-hmm. somebody we looked up to. And I thought that was cool. So I'm curious to see, I, I, I can't imagine those clone troopers being dead. Um, and I want to know, you know how we saw the trailer for the next season of rebels uh-huh. and we saw those clone troopers, um, in that. I know the main one is not one of these guys, but I wonder if the other ones are, I'm just curious. Yeah. That one if was they're... captain, captain Jacks. Jacks sounds right. Something. But I can't remember yeah. something like that. But I know it's not these guys, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I know they were his friends. So, all right, man. Definitely so, be interesting. Finally, finally, especially after last time, we were all, you know, we weren't butthurt about it, but we just weren't too excited about the, you know, the journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and this issue of Star Wars number eight, again, spoilers, this just came out this week. Um, we are fine, or last week, we're finally getting 
not resolution, but we're finding more about continuation. The continuation of the Han Solo being married thing. We talked about it. God, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? It was. Well, I mean, you're going, I mean, each issue two is a, a month, so two yeah. months ago. Um, also at the beginning of the scroll, it does say this is, um, story one of book two. Right. So it's, I think if this is going to be a long term ongoing series, like, 60, 80 issues mm-hmm. or whatever, then it just makes sense that each book will end with a new story of the, from the, the Obi-Wan from book, the, Obi-Wan the book. journal. Yeah. Makes sense. And then start off with the new story. I, um, the first line that just I loved here was not even a, one of the main characters is when the tie bombers were being forced to, yeah, that's funny. to, uh, to go attack. And the guy says, I love my I job. Love my job. I just think I always wonder. You know what these guys are thinking. There's a million of them, all these TIE fighters, and it's like, you gotta love your job. It's like, go blow up some stuff. Okay, dude, I'm in. You know? Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, I was having a discussion with my brother the other day. We were going around to, uh, oh, we were, uh, I was helping with this fancy football draft last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the difference between clone troopers and stormtroopers. Right. And my brother had thought, I mean, he never really delves into it much. And most of his, I mean, he experienced Star Wars growing up, but most of his in depth, canon type of story involvement has been through his son, who's a big fan of Clone Wars and Rebels. And so he just thought that they were clone troopers that just became a new battalion or something called stormtroopers. Instead of them being actually recruited humans that are not clones. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think this points out that it is much more of a personality thing where they get enjoyment from their job. And they have to find people. I mean, granted, you know, there is an element in militaristic, uh, in the military of, you know, brainwashing or whatever you want to say, but there's some indoctrination. There's some buy-in on a level where it's like, yeah, I, I shoot. Yeah. I love this. This is amazing. Yeah. You know? And I think that's kind of, what we're getting here. And I, and I like that insight. It's like, yeah, I like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to fight for the empire. I can't wait to blow this thing up. You know, exactly. Which cool. I'm actually hoping we get more of that sort of sentiment in uprising the game yeah. because that's yep. told from the empire point of view. Absolutely. So, all right. So we so, have two storylines going in here. We have the, we have Han, Leia and Sana on the planet. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and then we have Luke doing something crazy. Let's start with the, with the trio. First. Yeah. The, the, the love triangle. Yeah. Um, uh, or in this one, the betrayal and hatred triangle. Uh, I feel like Han's only line in this whole thing is she's not my wife. I feel like that's all he says. <laughs> she's not my thing. wife. That's she's not, not how it was. Wife. <laughs> yeah. And almost every single one of his lines is cut off by one of the 82 women. Right. Oh. Which is great. But I loved it where, when Sano uh, pulled him in for a kiss. Yeah. And then punches him <laughs> and then hits him. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, no, this, this was fun. I, I really enjoyed that storyline. And I don't know, we just don't know if they're married or not. She says something about documentation in, in the ship, but. Which she was also coming up with some story that Han kept saying wasn't true. Right. About some princess or duchess or whatever it was. So she's definitely a liar. Oh, definitely. Um, and possibly a bounty hunter. I. If not full blown bounty hunter. I'm thinking she just might be an opportunist that wherever, so could be smuggling, could be bounty hunting. It's just wherever the credits are, that's where she goes. And honestly, I think she might be like the evil mirror of Han Solo, Mm -hmm. where Han Solo is all about the credits too, but he has a moral backbone. Absolutely. Whereas her, I think she has absolutely no moral backbone. Which I like that about her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I like her character already. Um, I'm still intrigued. I'm not going to even try to, you know, yeah, we have no idea. Like I understand going. what's going on between them. Um, 
But, you know, Leia does take her opportunity towards the end and kind of turn the tables on him a little bit. But, you know, the Empire is still on the way. So who who knows what's going to happen? This storyline is definitely still very much in, in flux here. Yeah, well, the, the thing that I found most intriguing was um, the last line from, from Sana, which was, because, um, you know, she was trying to connect with the, the TIE fighters or the TIE bombers up in the Imperials up in the atmosphere. But at the very end, she said, you're already sold. Yeah. Which makes me think, is she actually there on a mission already? I, I've i got to think so. She knows how much the bounty's worth, mm-hmm. right? She does make that comment of, you know, you're worth a lot, and she just happens to be there. I think she was feigning surprise at like, oh, look, it's Princess Leia. I think she figured out that she was going to be with Han Solo. She had her probe set up on this planet so already. Han- so as soon as Han showed up, she'd know to swoop in there, and she... Would know that Leia was and there. I think, yeah, and I think she's just playing off the assumed jealousy of right. Han and Leia, knowing that <laughs> just by going in and saying she's his wife, right? Which again, like we hypothesized, you know, two months ago, that it just might have been for a, a con of some sure. sort, and it kind of so, sounds that way. Which, of course, you know, if they were really good at being doing their job as con artists, they would have had documentation. Exactly, and she she blows up their ship and essentially calls in in the Empire, and then. Right. You know, we don't need to go, you know, plot point by plot point, but I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You know, Leia is pointing a gun at them both at the end here. Um, or more damn, actually, don't move Captain Solo. Um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, yeah, what I honestly think is, is what's happened is that she already has, she's, she's not working for the Imperials. Right. What she's doing is she's already working for someone else. I mean, it might be Imperial, or whatever. I mean, who knows? It might be for the Emperor. But by bringing the Imperials in in this specific case and destroying their ship, it gives them absolutely no other option than to get into her ship with her. Exactly. And that gives makes her job a lot easier to get them where she wants them to be. I like to think that she's like what Mara Jade is, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, I like to think that she's like the Emperor's hand or something badass like that or some, you know, something really high up in the, Imper- in the Imperials or something like that. I don't know. I... I want her to be something cool. I want her to stick around a little bit. Right. And I imagine if she does, she's going to do sort of a Han Solo transformation where she's bad, you know, or out for herself and then kind of come back and help him out. But we also know there's no record of her anywhere. So (laughs) it's this, I don't think she's going to stick around too long, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. What's the other, we have the other story. Yeah. The Luke story. Um, I thought it was awesome because this is the first time in the current comics runs that we actually see somebody go down to Nar Shaddaa. I think, I, you know, is this, is there any of the new canon that any, does anybody go to Nar Shaddaa in the new canon? I am not an expert on Clone Wars. So I don't know if Clone Wars is mentioned in Nar Shaddaa. Yeah. And as far as I remember, it hasn't been mentioned in Rebels. We'd have to ask somebody about Clone Wars because I don't, I don't think they've gone anywhere else in the, you know, in any of the books that have come out. I don't think they've ever gone to Nar Shaddaa. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I don't want to go out on a limb and say this canonizes Nar Shaddaa. No, I, well, I mean, it obviously does. It obviously does. Not, maybe not necessarily as the Nar Shaddaa we know, right. but it already references it as the Smuggler's Moon. Right. Um, I think it's a good question for Redna. Redna, if you're listening. Sure. And Let the It's a Trap podcast too, because you guys have already delved into some Clone Wars, I'm sure. To hopefully give us, uh, maybe, you know, just tweet us a, an answer on, you know, what sort of impact Nar Shaddaa has had in, in established canon. And my goal is to finish Clone Wars. I'm, I'm, I'm half, I'm deep into it. I'm just not 
far enough and I don't, I don't recall anything Narshada related so far. So, right. um, but, uh, Luke goes to Narshada to find out where Coruscant is. Yes. Right? He's trying to get a uh, safe passage to Coruscant. And we have a really cool little moment here where it's very reminiscent of episode four. He's standing in a cantina and they're like, okay, kill him. Yes. Or kill and rob him or whatever. You know, he gets attacked. He, he gets knocked down. <laughs> he punches somebody, falls down, and then pulls out his lightsaber and everybody stops, which is badass. Very much Obi-Wan. Yeah. Very much that moment from episode four with Obi-Wan. And we get the shady character in the corner. I'm not sure what race that is. Um, and talking to communicator saying, it's me. Tell the big guy I'm bringing him one. I don't I'm, know what that I'm means. thinking Jabba. Jabba is looking for a Jedi? Or oh. bringing him a lightsaber? And why well, does Jabba want a lightsaber? Well, <laughs> Jabba's a collector. Yeah, Jabba has little tiny arms. It's not like he's going to fight with the lightsaber. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not like he was, you know, when he had a, a carbon frozen <laughs> Han Solo going up on his wall, he was going to bring him down and play with it like little dollies. Uh, right. I've so- got a big ass and little arms. <laughs> So anyway, so everybody in the whole place wants the lightsaber. Yeah, the, what I found the most intriguing thing is that the gentleman who is procuring the lightsaber from Luke is obviously Force-sensitive as well because he Force-pulls it. Is he, though? I don't think he's Force-sensitive. Then I does he have magnetized something? I. It looks like there's some sort of magnetic electricity, red electricity around his hand when he pulls it. So I'm thinking it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think he's force sensitive. I think he is got focus magnet. Is he like Magneto? <laughs> is he Magneto? Yeah. But, okay. But okay. So there's two things we could do with this. Either the comic has to show that he's force pulling it by showing this ma- this energy, right? But I don't think that's it. It looks like he's pulling it towards him using some sort of focused gravity or something. You know what I mean? Or magnet? Yeah, I mean, or I, mag- I totally get magnetism. your point. If he is working for, say, Java or you know anyone else at this mm. point, um, which actually another well, if he's hunting it, he might have the means to pull it towards him. If he's looking for something exactly like that, too. He's right. looking for a lightsaber. He is. And if he's trying to get them for somebody who's getting a lightsaber collection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, who best to send than maybe somebody who's Force-sensitive, if not Force-trained, because maybe it's somebody who, you know... But remember this. Remember the time that this occurs. Like, the, the using the Force is, is, is unheard of, right? Yeah, Luke but- is like the last last Jedi. Right? Yeah, but if anywhere where you just show That's it in true. public and get away with it, it's going to be Narshada. Narshada, yeah. I don't know. Because they want as little Imperial involvement as anybody. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I It could go either way. I think this is... Yeah, I think it's cool because it started to resolve a couple of things, but it just followed along with the questions instead of answering much. Right. In both stories. And so that section ends with everybody running after the lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> With Luke jumping over the whole crowd. Right. He's like, boom. <laughs> like He's looking him. like Edwin Moses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So overall impressions, these two books are pretty good, man. Yeah. I give, I, I give them both a good four out of five. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really ramping up both, both runs pretty well. Uh, I was worried about the Star Wars run 
there in the last issue or so. Uh, I did love, I love the twist in what was it five or six with the, where Vader and Star Wars entered in the where same they, panels. Where they, yeah, when the panels intertwine. And then you also had, of course, the, the wife thing. Um, I think it really slowed down in the last episode, in the last, you know, issue. Well, it kind of had to because it was a, a, a story. Exactly. Now, I have a question is, in honestly, in my mind, I'm just, I can't recall it, is where is the Lando story in this continuity? Because maybe the big guy is the guy that Lando had swindled. Maybe. He's a collector too. And maybe they're going to start tying it into Lando. It'd be cool to see a title Lando. I think it's the same time frame. I, I, I think all of these are happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, Lando has already lost the Millennium Falcon. Do they, and this is after episode four, they haven't met Lando yet in the original right. trilogy. Right. And with this particular point, it would be Luke meeting Lando, yeah, not, exactly. and if I, if I can think of anything in, they don't um, meet each other. Well, in Empire, they don't meet each other, right. but they know each other in Jedi because yeah. Lando is part of Luke's plan. So either there's a story in there between five and six where they meet each other, or he knew him beforehand. Maybe. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. Because they definitely don't see or talk to each other in, or, you know, meet each other in episode five, for sure. Well, at the very end, because it is Lando piloting the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. They say in, they're going but you don't actually him. see them. They don't met. see them interact. Right. Okay. Right. So they meet there, obviously. But maybe well, it'll well, be one of those meet things where it's like, oh. Yeah. Hey. Hey, it's you again. <laughs> Uh, I met right. the one black man in the galaxy again. And there's gotta be one, right? <laughs> and he didn't die, first thing. Exactly, so, right? So things are looking up for my people. Okay, so, wow. So let's move on and, um, get out of Star Wars, man. I don't think there was anything else worth covering this week. No. We cover some comics. And we're gonna try to keep it a little short this week anyway, so let's jump to section three, mm-hmm. pop culture time. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Yeah, we really don't have a lot of uh, pop culture stuff this week. Um, just a, a few little uh, notes, and it's mostly, it's not really any big news. It's just stuff that I found interesting personally. Uh, you know, first thing right out of the bat, you know, kind of a thing that was Kind of dropped in it with all the D23 info that, that, and I just, I overlooked this. Um, and there's really not a lot of info out. Um, but you know, Disney is really making a big push on having live action versions of their animated features. And right mm-hmm. now, the big one, I mean, they just released Cinderella. They're filming Beauty Which and the Beast. Which did really well. It did do really well. They're filming Beauty and the Beast right now with Emma Watson. Um, and they're in pre production or early production stages. Of the Jungle Book, directed right. by John Favreau, um, but they also have a history of doing films based on their attractions, right? Um, you know whether whether it's Haunted Mansion, the Country Bear Jamboree, of course the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which uh, Tomorrowland, made zillions of dollars. Exactly. Well, the next one in that uh, series is they've officially announced that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> is going to be involved with doing a, a film based on the Jungle Cruise. Which is one of my favorite rides personally, just because my Same dad way. is I not, like a, my dad was not a, <laughs> a, a, a ride person, right? right? Right. His favorite thing about Disneyland, and he took us all the time, right? Was to sit on a bench in Main Street or in the hub and just watch people, right? And to watch us enjoy. But the one ride he would always go on, besides the people mover, was the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Um, and he just loved it. And 
So it's, it's one of my mom's favorite rides too. And, you know, we have a similar sense of humor and, you know, there's something about, even if you hear the same jokes, that's it's, the best part it's, though. It's fun to sit on that ride, whether you've heard the same jokes or not and see other people experience it for the first time. And you know me, I laugh loudly and I love the puns. I try to sit next to the dude. I like, I like kind of BSing with the dude a little bit or the lady, whoever's, whoever's around the ride. And I, I personally, I love that ride. I don't know what the hell they're going to do for a movie, but I love The Rock. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a little bit of The Rundown, Disneyfied. You know, and I thought about that. I was like, I love The Rundown. Yep. And that it's could basically going to be him in a jungle that. with just more, more river. I'm in. Exactly. I'm in. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Takes us back to episode, what, two? I'm in, absolutely. Yes, episode two. Um, yeah, I mean, just some of the jokes you get on the Jungle Cruiser are yeah. phenomenal. It's like, you know... And what I don't want them not to do is they either need to have a character that is punny or they need to pull some of the better jokes or the, for some of the running or the old time, you know, the jokes everybody knows from the ride. Yeah, well, you know, part of the comic relief, because it's got to take place on a river. It's called the Jungle Cruise. Right, right. You know, one of the comic reliefs is there's going to be a cruise, uh, a pilot of the boat that's going to be there in Garmin. Oh, Ralph, Ralph Garmin <laughs> would be perfect. Perfect for this one. We role. should ride him. We gotta ride him. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's just that right just there. Right perfect now. casting. Yeah. Um, and he's You're already welcome. in the Disney family because he's Disney. an Agent Carter. You're welcome. And he's great in Agent Carter. So anyway, so, you know, you gotta have some of the classical lines like, you know, and to your <laughs> left is Schweitzer Falls, named after the famous uh, scientist, Dr. Albert Falls. <laughs> I like the one, uh, and, uh, and this is the backside of water. Yep. And, uh, what's the other one? Don't try it at home. You'll hit your head on the sink. Oh, yeah. And the, <laughs> uh, the headhunter ones are my favorite. He's running a special right now. Two, two of your, two heads. of your heads for one of his. It's pretty funny. Anyway. And, you know, my favorite is, you know, I've only heard this joke once and it was like 20 years ago. Cause sometimes the, I mean, cause there's a spiel that they do. Mm-hmm. But there's two jokes that I remember that I only hear, remember hearing once. One was when Indiana Jones first opened up. Okay. And it was known because it had a four-hour line, right? Right. I remember. When Indiana Jones opened up, right. I remember that was Exactly. Well, the, but the ride is actually called Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're going at the very beginning, when they have the full line queue filled up, it's right there at the beginning of the Jungle Cruise. And so the, the, the captain looked over and said, and there's people going into the Temple of Mara and they're <laughs> going to experience the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Four Hour Line. <laughs> and at the very end of that one, when you see the boa constrictor, right? right you know, right. and they, the usual joke is, oh, and he's got a crush on you or something like that, something. right? And my favorite one is they said, uh, you know, and there's our resident python, Monty. <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously hear more about this. I'm, I'm intrigued. I love the rock and I love that ride and I love Disney and I love stuff. And I think it's going to be good. Exactly. And I think this is also a very smart choice on their point because obviously a lot of the focus over the next five years is going to be on Tomorrowland mm-hmm. and, um, and Star Wars land. Right. Um, and this is going to tie some focus back to the other side of the park. Which is important. You want to get people to come from more than Star Wars land, because eventually, especially right when that opens, it's going to be a madhouse. Exactly. Um, and so, you, I mean, just just pure crowd control. You want them on the other side of the park. Plus, it would also make sense if they start pre-production on an Indiana Jones movie, and that would also pull people to that side of the park. Exactly. Cool. What's next? Um, so, the next thing is, oh, this is... Uh, big, possibly big news out of Marvel, mm-hmm. um, that there is 
whispers and and conjecture about another Blade movie coming out. Um, where um, a couple of big things is that Wesley Snipes has actually been hinting at that he he wants to get back into the role. Um, also, and, and he's one of those dudes that doesn't age. Absolutely. So he's perfect. Um, perfect to be a play a vampire because I'm pretty sure he's a vampire in real life. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, um, the, uh, um, I believe it was New Line Cinema had yeah. the, the rights to, to Blade and they did the trilogy, but those rights, uh, lapsed in 2013 and Marvel got them back into the fold. So we're officially head back to having Blade in the cinematic universe, hopefully. Um, but the talk is, is that they're going to, um, cause there is a new Blade comic coming out. Um, it was scheduled for October, but it's now been pushed back, mm-hmm. which makes sense if they're going to go into pre-production on a, on a Blade movie because they want to get everything um, tied off. Yeah. And, um, but the, the idea is that it's actually not going to be the Wesley Snipes blade. It's going to be the Fallon Gray blade, which mm-hmm. is his teenage daughter. Oh, it's that's Blade's cool. teenage daughter. I'm in. And when in the, uh, the, the notes about the comic book, she's described as the anti Peter Parker. She's someone that's very popular. Everyone loves her and all this stuff. And so that sounds cool. Exactly. So it should be really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm all in on this because I actually dig the Blade movies. Me too. Um, I I've really movies. enjoyed the, the Blade character in the Marvel puzzle quest. Same here. Um, I would, I would really like to see how it's pulled into the cinematic universe. Um, whether it's going to be a movie or a Netflix series or whatever, I think that'd be really interesting. And the Netflix model would work really well. I think, you know, I mean, all that Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil's brilliant. Yeah, Daredevil's the only the only thing we have to base it on right now. I mean, we really won't know until we get more of Jennifer <laughs> Jones and Luke Cage. Dude, and- if you watch Daredevil, you're gonna want everything to come to Netflix. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, Netflix just has a, a great track record yeah. record already. Um, so so that's it for for the Marvel. I I think that's it's really exciting. But I think the the two most important things that could possibly come out of this is this will be the first non-white female lead in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which, I mean, you which can't re- really important right now. I yeah, think. I mean, you've got Storm and everything, but she's not a lead. She's a, a primary character. But, you know, it's not like you have, you know, Captain Marvel. Yeah. In the in the iteration of their planning is white, you right. know. So, you know, it, it'll be really Jennifer Jones is white. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. That, that'll be really important. Um, but not only that, it's going away from the current model that Marvel has been stuck to about doing the most well-known version of their characters, a la Peter Parker, Spider-Man, instead of Miles Morales. Yeah. So since they're going towards the more diverse things, it would be really interesting if, say, by the end of the Captain Marvel movie, it all of a sudden turns it into the Muslim version of her oh, at the cool. end, yep. where it can really tie in the fact that it you can bring in the more multiculturally diverse character aspects of the canon already. Right. I mean, so that they've already done, but when you bring it to the screen, it, it's for some reason, they don't pull the trigger on those things. So exactly. I mean, and, and you can go back to, I mean, obviously we have X-Men movies and this isn't Marvel. Obviously this is Fox. But they're getting more involved with each other. Um, that Iceman is now gay. Right. So, I mean, right. and, and, and actually, what are they gonna do? and a lot of people, I mean, especially on, on miles and, and, uh, Rachel Miles explained the X-Men, they, they, they kind of discussed this in, in just short form is that you look back at the old Iceman, uh, episodes or issues and it kind of hints that he might have always been gay. Right. So it's really kind of cool that it's kind of a retcon, but maybe never, not really a retcon. So it's kind of cool, but there's definitely more opportunities than just race. Yeah. 
Well, so, and, and this excites me, man. I mean, what better for geek culture than to be geek culture that's all inclusive? Exactly. You know? Because the most important aspect of geek culture, and this is really shown, um, by that famous, uh, speech that, that Will Wheaton gave, um, it's that you are finding your own bliss. You're mm-hmm. finding your own geekdom and that, but part of that is finding your own, the representation of self in the media you're consuming. Right. And, you know, as of right now, it's a lot of white, white males. Buff white dudes? Exactly. Um, I'm so, not a buff white man. <laughs> no, you're a short black man. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's going to be a lot better to, when you have a wider range of representation on screen, you're going to have a wider range of consumers. Mm-hmm. It's just basic common sense. And it's a way to make even more money. Absolutely. So, uh, so the, the next bit of news is this actually just came out today and I believe I saw it on screen rant or slash. I think it was slash is that, um, you know, there's been rumors going on for a couple of weeks that, um, George Miller is going to be brought into the fold to do something for a DC, um, uh, a DC, uh, property. Um, and the, the automatic assumption was that it was going to be for Man of Steel too. Mm-hmm. Um, we already have, uh, um, rumors that Ben Affleck is going to be working on the next Batman release. Um, that's IMDb. Oh, it's actually through the playlist is the, the name of the, the site that holds it. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, it turns out that Romero, uh, um, basically George, anyways, uh, is going to be looking for a property, whether it's Man of Steel or not. But, um, DC has actually said, um, to, uh, according to today that it's on permanent hold. Um, now this could be, you know, a couple of different things. One that, you know, they just don't know who's going to take over the reins. Right. Is it, Cause Zack Snyder's gone on to Batman versus Superman versus Batman. Is he going to come back to the Man of Steel model? Um, or is it that because Ben Affleck is really buying into this concept, obviously, that they want to focus more of their attention on Batman and just push back the Man of Steel? Right. So that's an, uh, something to think about. Um, the well, last, and, oh, and, sorry, go ahead. And, well, I'm just thinking like, you know, well, I guess you're right. I mean, those would be the reasons. I just think with all of this, with all of this stuff happening right now, Batman v Superman, like, I mean, they're really launching this stuff. I don't, I think Man of Steel 2 would have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they had forecasted it for next year, or at least going into for production for next year. But the one thing I really hope it isn't is that this is a uh, a belt hole for what could be them realizing that maybe they can't live up to the Marvel model and that they're not going to go all in like they wanted, which means... Are they not going to do a Wonder Woman movie? I just really right, hope it's right. not. I hope it's not. That. I hope it's not the first card in a, in a house of cards falling. I mm-hmm. hope it's just the repositioning of properties to make more sense logistically. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be more of that. I think they're going to sync it up better. I think they're going to reassess what they're going to do. And if they go back to Man of Steel, I I don't well, know. Obviously, think- because Gal Gadot is getting great. Uh, there, there's great feedback on Gal Gadot's. Uh, performance in Superman v Batman yeah, so far. Yeah. And obviously they're already pushing towards Aquaman in that as well. I'm really excited about the Aquaman thing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there, there's so much that they, they, they need to take advantage of. So, cool. So there's that. Um, one other thing we didn't talk about coming out of D23, um, was some, I think, really important news and also oddly weird news is that they, the, they're, they're, officially announced the um a new uh, Disney animated feature coming out called Mona. 
And it's the first Polynesian Disney princess. Nice. Um, now I don't know if she's, I mean, obviously we've had, uh, Lilo. Right. For Hawaiian, but that's Hawaiian, not Polynesian. Um, so this is obviously going to be based maybe down near Fiji or Bali, mm-hmm. Bali or Bora Bora, Bali, you know, all that, that area. Um, and I, but the, the concept that you can see by going to the, the webpage, which we did uh, link in the show notes is that she's pretty much a, a kick butt sailor, which is what the Polynesian, oh, that's awesome. uh, uh, civilizations are known for. And so you kind of see her in a, in a catamaran style. Uh, uh, boat. I right. mean, we're just bringing it up right here. Is this? Oh, so it is going to be animated. Okay. Yeah, it is animated. Cool. It's Disney animated, so it's more in the vein of Frozen and Tangled cool. and Lilo and Stitch. And actually, I'm looking right now at the the page, and the palette looks very similar to Lilo and Stitch. It looks really nice with a little bit of Tangled thrown in of the coloring, but sure. um, it looks brilliant. I mean, it's, I just love the look of the the catamaran ship. Um. And really cool. And actually, if you look at the logo on the the sail, it looks very reminiscent of the Atlantis films that they did, you yeah. know, like fifteen years ago. Right, right. Um, so it'd be really kind of cool. Uh, just kind of harken back to that. So I'm excited about this because, again, anything to make it more multicultural is yeah, awesome. And I, and this is the kind of movie that I love. That come when these kind of when these movies come out. I know for a fact I'm taking my, my girls. Mm. I know for a fact we're going to all enjoy it. And I'm, and these are the type of movies I love taking my kids to. Granted, it was fine taking them to see Minions and, you know, Minions was okay, right? But, you know, movies like, um, one of my favorites, Princess and the Frog mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Tangled and Brave. My kids love Brave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like these are the movies that I love to take my kids to. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. And as much as they love Lilo and Stitch, my mm-hmm. kids love Lilo and Stitch. I, I can't wait for this. This is going to be cool. It's not to end of next year, but yeah, what I, love what it. I love about the Disney canon and I'm talking about the, the Disney animated feature canon and not Pixar is that traditionally they've, their bread and butter has been Western European folklore. I mean, whether it's Snow White or mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or Robin Hood or yeah. <laughs> everything is Western European, right? right. I mean, uh, I mean, Hunchback from Notre- of Notre Dame. You That's had, a good point, dude. Uh, Hercules. Everything is Western European. And when they do step out of the box, a la Lion King, right. it's very Americanized. Um, I mean, they basically turn the, the, the original African story is Kimba, not yeah. Simba, which right, right. basically means I think White Lion or something like that. Um, they basically turned him into a young American kid. Yeah. I mean, it was which. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> um, so, and they got backlash. The music was amazing. Oh, music was amazing. Um, but they got backlash from that. So they kind of went back to the, the model of Western European stuff. And even though they are still doing the Western, you know, European or Northern European bread and butter a la Frozen and Tangle, right. um, they're also delving into more of the multicultural stuff with Princess and the Frog. Uh, you know, Merida is Western movie. European, but it's Celtic as opposed to yeah. your standard uh, Catholic Protestant uh, denominational right. uh, basis. And, you know, Mona, Lilo and Sips, they're kind of slowly bringing it in. But there is such rich folklore everywhere else. I mean, Mulan was a great, Mulan was uh, great e- ex- example of... Are my kids? I don't know if my kids have seen Mulan. <laughs> it's great. I'm not sure. Um, but it's a great example of that there is great storytelling Everywhere, not just in Western not and Northern Western. European. Yeah. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, you know, Grimm is a great mm-hmm. source of wealth of information and storytelling, but, you know, you, 20th Century Fox did great with Anastasia. Yeah. Granted, it's much more modern, 
But there's got to be great Russian folklore and great central, uh, uh, and and I imagine that's what they're gonna they're gonna start diving more into it. And and I and I'm for me this is great again going back to what we were talking about as far as opening it up to get a more inclusive audience. If you start finding these stories from you know that people have never heard of or you know that's going to bring in those parts of the world and those people that have known those stories and then it's also going to open up our culture to those stories too yeah and the funny thing is is the companies that have you know basically been rivals of disney for the last 20 years in animation which are primarily dreamworks and and 20th century fox and whatnot um they have had no qualms of going for that i mean if you remember right. dreamworks made prince of egypt Right. Joseph and the amazing, you know, in the, in the, the dream coat, you know, right. Not the musical, the actual story of Joseph, but you know, so, and they've made tons of money mostly on DVD at that point, but there is an audience for that stuff. And Disney is now, I think, realizing go for the multicultural stuff because and there's if it an doesn't audience. Work, they have the money to make the mistakes too. Absolutely, and there's <laughs> but there's an audience. I don't think there. they're going to mess it up. And there is an audience. There. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, and, and the funny thing is, is you know, they also did Emperor's New Clothes, which is Peruvian. Yeah. Um. So you know, they they already have an experience of doing it every few years, but take advantage of the stories from around the world. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Well. What's next? Um, we have no real reviews because, as you can tell, I've been traveling this week. Right. Um, and other stuff has been coming up, so I haven't seen any films. Um, but Marshall and I both uh, took the time today to watch a great trailer. And this is something I'm going to oh. try to do is to not only bring up the movies I've seen, but forecast for what we think are going to be important projects coming down the line, a la last week when I suggested the Hateful Eight trailer. Right. Which Marshall finally saw in... It looks incredible. Oh, it's amazing. I can't wait. Um, and what I love is that Tarantino is actually filming it in 70 millimeter, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but we watched the trailer for Legends of Tomorrow. Why don't you, you're, you're more of this story. Oh so why don't gosh. you tell us what the Legends so, of Tomorrow is? This trailer. <laughs> I've been talking about since the podcast started. I watch Arrow. I watch The Flash. The wife really loves, she likes The Flash a little bit more. I'm more into the, I'm more into Arrow because it's a little darker. What they're doing now is they're taking many of the characters from both of these two franchises or, you know, basically from the TV show. They're taking the Adam, um, Firestorm, Firestorm and, and all these storylines that we know of from these two shows. And they're going to do the time jumping. Hot girl. They're going to, they're going to be able to, they're trying to fix. So what are they trying to fix? They're trying to essentially in the future, this group becomes a legendary Force. heroic force, yeah. right? But in order to do that, they have to make sure they have to sure up the fact that it's going to happen by time jumping. Right. Well, because I, there's a, there's it. a major villain in the, yeah, I missed the villain's is, name. What was the villain's name? I'm drawing a blank, but he's basically through, matter. through history of it, at least 3000 years old or whatever, yeah. you know, that he, um, has, created this army that is just the largest in the known right world. he's an immortal and he's got the biggest the 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 greatest army ever created so they're the one only ones who can take him down and a guy you know walks out of the shadows and says, because i've seen that you do it and i'm by the way i'm from the past or i'm from the future and i and i'm here to help you and so he tells them where to go what to do and it's going to be amazing I yeah mean, they're obviously going to be jumping throughout the three thousand years that this guy's been alive because they need to stop him from doing certain things and those of you that watch the the arrow and the flash know that the two shows cross over more than once more than 
several times. The fact that, you know, we get Captain Cold and Firestorm and, uh, White Canary, and I, I don't want to spoil why it's White Canary or whatever it is, but that's not the point. The fact that all these people are going to be in the same deal, fighting together, you get the Flash, it's going to be, it's going to be sick. And why, uh, the tra- the, the trailers in the show notes, these are one, this is one of those moments where I'm so excited. If you watch these shows like I do, you know, send me a tweet, email us something and just say, look, I watched the trailer and this is what I think. And it's yeah. And awesome. if you guys have any suggestions, I mean, cause we both watch a lot of uh, TV shows. Usually we binge. Um, there's a few specific ones that I like to watch every week. Um, you know, tweet us and, and give us some suggestions. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and kind of going back to, to last week a little bit. Um, we both, uh, watched the pilot for blind spot. Right. Which right. is coming out this year, which looks phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I, I also watched the, the pilot for Lucifer. Oh, I haven't seen that. Which is really interesting. It's a really interesting premise. It's, you know, Lucifer. Yeah, right. Well, the devil. Yeah. yeah and he decides to like retire and he owns like a bar and he like turned to old Batman. <laughs> I don't know, but he comes up to the mortal realm and he decides to. Retire and like run a bar or whatever, right? And he's like, he's just sick of being evil. That's badass. Or what, but he still has those, I mean, he's obviously he's evil, right? But, um, but then, you know, God keeps sending down this angel who's like his, this guy's Lucifer's nemesis. And he's like, you've got to go down there and be evil because it makes us <laughs> look good. You know, it's like, you've got to have the good and the evil, right? Huh. And is but this the pilot or a, trailer? this was the pilot. Oh, okay. And, um, it's really interesting because somebody that Lucifer influenced a little bit, a mortal, um, dies in the beginning of the, the mm. pilot episode and he hooks up with this uh this cop and most people are automatically influenced by his charm okay and she is completely impervious to it huh. so it's really cool that she doesn't put up with any of his bs so nice. it's a really cool dynamic and i really enjoy it um so i'm really looking forward to that um i just watched a new trailer today for a new upcoming show called Quantico Oh, right. Which, if you know, is the basically the school for the FBI. And it basically follows this one woman who, the premise of the show is it follows this one woman who goes through Quantico training. And there's like the whole 50 people that are going through the training. But then there's a 9-11 style terrorist attack. And she's the one that they think it is. But it turns out that she is told that it's somebody else in the class. And so she's got to use her skills from Quantico to go through her own Quantico class to find out who the terrorist oh, is. Oh, that's cool. So I think that looks really interesting and I'm really waiting. I can't, there was a, a trailer I saw on IMDb for that. It was about three and a half minutes and I'm looking to, to see how that show pans out too. So as we were saying, look, we, we love TV. We love movies. If you have a suggestion for us, you want us to talk about it on the show, something that we maybe have missed, something that's coming up that you really want us, you think we'd like, dude, seriously, tweet us. It's easy. You know, if we follow each other and, you know, message me if you don't want to put it on the Twitter, but put it on our Facebook page. Doesn't matter. Email me. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll talk about it. And the more from you guys, the better the show is. Absolutely. So, so much for a short show because when we're in the same room, <laughs> we just keep battling. We just keep talking. So we're going to end the show now. Um, but again, Find us on Swotor. We're on the Harbinger and let's have some fun. And hopefully, um, we'll do this more often, man. It'd be nice to have you in town in the same room and the mic, you know, it'd be cool. Oh, well, uh, we'll have more answers to that in the next couple of days. Yeah. But, uh, as for now, this has been a great usual podcast, the very unusual usual podcast. And, yeah. uh, and what's an ops group? <laughs> <laughs> what's an ops group indeed?
All right, so thanks if, <laughs> thanks for tuning into the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So if you have comments or questions, uh, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and, of course, Swotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will is... I am at I am Will Griggs. And he got really close to the mic. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so take the time to give us positive ratings, of course. Share us on the social medias. Donate. Go to our go to our Patreon page. Dollar or two an episode. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. Audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Help us out. Any final words, my friend? Pew 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 Wow. Okay. Pew, pew indeed. Thanks again. See you next week.